Ladies and gentlemen, I'm doing another piece on dyslexia. The fact that most of American children never learn to read in any real sense is disgusting, dishonorable, expensive, enough to kill the whole country, and yet I don't see a word about it ever in the press or anything else, so I keep trying. Okay, introduction. Every year our public schools spend more billions to help children become readers, but nothing works. Scores remain flat. The majority of children do not learn to be good readers. Common sense tells you that your school officials do not know what they're doing. Don't let your children be sabotaged. Insist on phonics. The official story is that a fifth of all children suffer from a brain disorder which they have named dyslexia. In fact, the phonics people point out that so-called dyslexia is usually not real, being a side effect of faulty reading instruction. Section 1, Why So Many Kids Can't Read. One of the most disturbing books in my local Kroger grocery store is called The Jumbo Book of Sight Words. It's expensive, about $18. It's a toxic boondoggle and a tragic monument to the decline and fall of K-12 education. In 1955, Rudolf Flesch wrote his famous book, Attacking Sight Words, Why Johnny Can't Read. This was a devastating deconstruction of the most dangerous method used in the public schools. It's like having radioactive waste dumped, dumped in the playground. The U.S. had almost universal literacy by 1920. Public schools introduced sight words in 1931. Hardly more than 20 years later, the country was plunged into an illiteracy crisis that continues to this day. The big problem, only children with photographic memories can read with sight words. The great majority of children can master only a few hundred sight words. Some of the words can be identified only after a delay of several seconds. That's when they're trying to drag the word up from memory. This slow process does not count as genuine reading. Real reading is at least two or three words per second. Real reading is very fast. Optimistic wisdom on the internet dictates that fourth graders should know 500 sight words or even a thousand. That's a lie. Here are the two problems. Only a tiny percentage of children can reach such levels. And even that is a huge struggle. But meanwhile, even by their own projections, most children will still be far from literate. Historically, children in fourth grade could read simple books intended for children. But American students are already moving into the category of functionally illiterate. They cannot read the books written for children to read. Put yourself in the child's place. This is another section. You don't know the alphabet. You don't know the sounds of the alphabet. But you're supposed to remember graphic designs such as there, yellow, pilot, brother, worry, and so on through the vast vocabulary of the English language. Thousands and thousands and thousands of so-called words, or as they prefer to call them, sight words. Here's the bottom line. English is a phonetic language. That means a sound language and must be learned by sounds. But sight words want you to learn by shapes. Truth is, all English words are remarkably similar. Lots of little scratchy designs with circles and lines. Reflect for a few minutes on a lot of three-letter words. Sun, bit, lib, jot, log, rib, lab, butt, big, sub. 
Do you think you can memorize those designs with instant recall? You'll find it to be very difficult. And if you, as soon as you master those, you will surely confuse them with the next ten. Joe, Web, Sit, Bug, Hat, Sob, Mob, Not, Cog, Tub, and so on. Now consider that you've learned all these words, thousands of them. And then you have to deal with upper and lower case being very different. Compare the design t details of lowercase and and uppercase and A-N-D. They are so different they seem to be from another language. Next section, the official lies. The sight word deception, as I call it, depends on thousands of education experts insisting ad nauseum that sight words are easy to memorize. But if you listen to the teachers discussing the problems they have with their students, you will realize it's a nightmare for everyone, parents, teachers, and students, because memorizing sight words is extremely difficult. Now, have you realized that Fauci and his people exaggerated the danger of COVID and made the disease look worse than it was? I'm sure personally there was some cooking of the books at the very top. But we have the equivalent situation in our schools where the professors of education somehow manage to find the worst methods and then persuade you that they're actually the best methods. Next section. No dyslexia. It's not real, that is. In 1981, Rudolf Flesch published a second book called Why Johnny Still Can't Read. Flesch interviewed a Manhattan expert on reading problems. This expert insisted that after decades of dealing with many different problems, it was clear to him that only a tiny fraction of people, less than 1%, had genuine inborn dyslexia where there's actually something wrong with the brain. All of the others were false positives, we could say, generated by bad instruction. Use phonics and you won't have this problem. Here is the concluding uh, thunderbolt. In general, my research suggests that all the problems in our public schools are generated by so-called experts who just happen to be socialist ideologues. They won't do what has the best chance of working, no. They insist on using bogus theories and methods. Dishonest and disgusting, don't you think? And note that this podcast is also available as a transcript. Send it to everyone in the school system. Also send it to parents. Now also notice this video called The Strange Truth About Dyslexia, which tries to explode the, all the claims in a, a few minutes uh, with some choice quotes from um, one of the famous reading experts. Okay, thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, 
and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, comma, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lennon's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.